This is an RNZ podcast. The day after the Aotearoa New Zealand public media bill passed its first reading in Parliament, one New Zealander wasn't waiting for any select committee hearing to have his say. It's going to be the biggest cock-up of the modern age. Uh, yet square peg round hole stuff. The cultures are so completely different, never the twain shall meet. It's a disaster. And it would be good for Mike Hosking and News Talk ZB if a new public media entity was a disaster. But he's not the only one pointing out that there are two different broadcasting cultures at the existing state-owned media outfits. And the legislation doesn't make it clear just how they will coexist in a new one. Operational stuff like that is for the yet-to-be-appointed management and the new board members appointed just last week to work out. Right now, though, TVNZ's top brass have a more pressing problem with their news. They need a new news boss to replace Paul Urisic, who resigned last Wednesday after the publication of an independent review of the Kamal Santa Maria controversy. And they also have to review TVNZ's harassment policy and the processes for hiring their new presenters as a result. More on that in this week's Midweek Media Watch with Hayden Donnell. If you missed it, that's on our webpage and in our podcast feed. But the thing that prompted Mike Hosking last Tuesday to criticise TVNZ out loud was a news story published the day before by Stuff. Now this said that TVNZ news personalities had been endorsing products on social media, which Mike Hosking reckoned could be a conflict of interest. There's another guy named called Matty McLean. I don't know Matty from a bar of soap, but he hosts the breakfast show on television. I don't know that he calls himself a journalist. I wouldn't have a clue. But he spruiks a coffee machine. He's on Instagram talking about his coffee machine. He gets free coffee machines and fantastic. Now, I don't have as much problem with that as I do with Jessica Much Mackay as the political editor of the state-run television channel endorsing health and food products as gifts. The Stuff News story also named two other TVNZ presenters promoting brands on Instagram, declared as ads in the individual posts. And it wasn't much or especially obvious promotion, but it did leave Mike Hosking with this question. When did it become acceptable for the political editor of any organisation, far less the state-owned organisation, to receive and declare gifts? Well, TVNZ, using an unnamed spokesperson, told Stuff that this isn't in their capacity as reporters and any conflicts of interest are declared in line with TVNZ policy. But what exactly that policy was wasn't entirely clear from another of the anonymous spokesperson's responses. There is no blanket rule. Anyone who is approached has to get sign-off to do any integration. Integration meaning, really, just advertising. Now, TVNZ also told Stuff that transparency from individuals working with brands allows integrity to be upheld at all times and that the company has protocols in place should there be a conflict of interest. Reporters, for example, could be removed from stories if they had a relationship with any brand, said TVNZ. Now, the National Party spokesperson for broadcasting, Melissa Lee, told Stuff that TVNZ and RNZ must adopt one policy when they combine to form Aotearoa New Zealand public media. And that does sound about right, but it will mean a change of TV culture. Because sometimes the integration at TVNZ News goes beyond on-camera talent doing some personal business on their personal social media on their own time.
Sometimes advertisers and sponsors become part of the news programmes themselves. For example, way back in 2012, a TVNZ deal with Tip Top saw its breakfast show weatherman at the time, Sam Wallace, delivering his forecast from a Tip Top ice cream truck. You don't want to! Please, you have to! This is live on TV, this is embarrassing! Wow, in terms of PR, that just went terribly wrong, didn't it? And in 2017, five years on, Sam Wallace was back at tip-top headquarters for his weather bulletins, making a big deal of further freebies. And the cool thing about working here is you don't have to pay. Oh, oh so is it to be the freshest ice cream ever? Yeah. Well, that was five years ago, so if breakfast is due another visit to tip-top, probably best not to. Now, last Wednesday, Mike Hosking was not convinced by TVNZ's response. In the absence of a blanket rule, he said, you've got a problem. Some will be employees, some will be contractors, some will be independent, some won't be, some will be political editors, some won't be. So you've got this issue. But there's something wrong here when you've got journalists, people who allegedly are balanced down the middle, no fear, no favour, in the business of spruiking freebies. But what Mike Hosking didn't mention there was that he's actually one of the reasons that there isn't a blanket rule about this sort of thing at TVNZ because he didn't want to be covered by one when he worked for News and Current Affairs there. Ten years ago, he was a 7pm show host for them and also their go-to guy for election debates as well as doing his News Talk ZB breakfast show each day. But on April Fool's Day 2012, the Herald on Sunday reported that he had a celebrity deal with Sky City, which could be worth as much as $48,000 in perks. And it was no April Fool's joke as far as potential conflicts of interest with news was concerned, because at the time, the John Key government was deep in big money negotiations with Sky City over the terms of its convention centre. And when the Herald pointed that out, Mike Hosking wasn't happy. The reason I didn't flag a conflict of interest is because uh, there isn't one. I don't work for Sky City. Mike insisted that he just could not be bought. And even if I worked for Sky City this morning, or anyone else, at no point would that ever, by influence, change a question line or alter my view. I take my role, responsibilities and reputation extremely seriously, and it's important for me to know that you know that as well. And Mike Hosking added that an editorial he wrote in support of the Sky City Convention Centre, in which he did declare an unspecified relationship, was in no way influenced by it. His role, he said, back in those days and since, was not that of journalist, just of a broadcaster who tells it as he sees it, and presumably how he emcees it when he's holding the mic for a commercial client at a function. Mike Hosking did, however, say more at that time than his radio rival Paul Henry at MediaWorks, who was also on Sky City's so-called celebrity hospitality list, and running interviews on the air like this. Nigel Morrison, how are you, Nigel? Very good, Paul. Thank you. I'm amazed you can squeeze me in today. (laughs) It's a big day. Um, This is such a good news story, and I think a lot of people don't look at Sky City necessarily. Never a problem squeezing in the Sky City boss back on Paul Henry's radio live show at that time. Now, during all this ten years ago, it emerged that Mike Hosking hadn't told TVNZ his Sky City relationship existed. And TVNZ then said Mike Hosking couldn't handle stories about Sky City in the future because of conflict of interest. He could do stories about gambling, but only on a case-by-case basis, TVNZ said at the time, all a bit messy for a front-rank primetime news show host. So surprising then that all that experience didn't spring to mind when Mike Hosking reacted to news of the TVNZ quartet's much more minor endorsements like this. When did journalism become an activity for promotional side jobs or favours or freebies or gifts? Something's not right here. 
And then Mike Hosking offered up this interesting detail about the current sponsorship arrangements for his own show, The Mike Hosking Breakfast. I know, for example, on this programme, uh, the, the, the marketing, the sponsorship, etc., uh, that we do gets my clearance. I don't deal with things that I don't want to deal with because my name's on the tent. So at ZB, he has power of veto now on sponsors that might not be a good fit with him, whilst he can also express alarm about commercial conflicts compromising journalism at state-owned broadcasters.